What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, round bag. Welcome back, folks. Brown bag lunch. I'm Curtis Quinn alongside here with my co-host Drew Luster up in Essex, Mass. Now, I believe a big week, first week out of you know, uh, out of the parents' home, first time living on his own. He's with the girlfriend. Mm -hmm. How's it going? It's going well. So not my favorite address, Two Michaels Lane. My favorite was actually my first home address. It was 69 Bond Street. Um, I mean, is, there's just not a better number first off. And I always just thought of James Bond. So super cool first address out of the Two Michaels Lane house, East Gloucester, as of seven days ago now. It's good. It's uh, moving on up, adult life, you know. Um, that's really all I got. I don't know. I mean, I guess you you would call it Studio 100B or something like that. Either way, we're here, we're up and live, we're back, and uh, ready to just kick things off and get things in motion. Yeah, Studio 100B, where 100A is down well, in thanks. Destin, Florida. Uh, we, we even have 100C at our various locations uh, around the world. <laughs> exactly. But... And, and to just kick us off on a right foot, I think... I'd be remiss to not remind you all what the day of the week will be when you do end up listening to this podcast, if we are so lucky to get your ears on it. Thursday, November 12th is National Happy Hour Day. I think that's, uh, I think that pretty much goes without saying, you know, whenever you can crack a beer after a long day, whatever you're doing, kick back, throw your feet up, do it. Life is too short to not enjoy a little bit of booze at the end of the day as a reward. So maybe not even booze, whatever you like to do, whatever makes you happy, I guess we could say. So National Happy Hour Day and Thirsty Thursday, I guess you could call it, November 12th, technically tomorrow. So go enjoy yourself a nice happy hour tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, we uh, we recently found a nice spot on the water down here in Destin uh, that has a happy hour on Saturday from 3 to 6. And I know Very it's nice. a, I know it's a love week, but I have to get a little hate off my chest. Is they've been closed two weekends in a row during happy hour now, uh, for like wedding engagement type of events. And okay. I, it's just you know it's very selfish of those people to shut down the entire bar on the water, you know, to the public. Yeah, I mean it, it is costing them business. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'll be back next week though. But again, see, that's the thing. You'll be crawling right on back next Thursday afternoon. So, Yes, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention today as uh, Veterans Day when we're recording, Wednesday, November 11th. Yep, technically so. Wednesday, November 11th is Veterans Day. Um, I'm sure most people at this point have friends and family um, who they can celebrate and be thankful for and just show their love and appreciation for. So shout out to them. Wonderful. With that, let's get into our loves of the week. I will kick it off to you firsthand, and I'll I'll hit you up with a couple of mine. Yeah, so mine's pretty straightforward. And this, I don't know if it's going to you know, really be relatable, but it's the actual just day of Thursday for a couple of reasons. So number one, I'm the type of person who likes to look forward to things. I like to have, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. Besides, like, I like to live my life looking forward to things 
I mean, simply put, and Thursday is a great day to do that. Because when Friday rolls around, you're like, thank God, like so relieved. But then you blink and it's Saturday night and then it's Sunday morning. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to work tomorrow. It's a horrible way to live. I have like, to go the ne- to work the next five days. Yeah, it, it's a horrible way to live. There's no doubt about it. But having like that, th- you know, you get out of work Thursday. You got Thursday night football if you're a sports guy yep. or girl. And you're just, you got Friday on the slate next and then a full weekend ahead. There's really nothing like it when you sit down, you know, on a Thursday afternoon and evening. So overall, it's not my favorite day of the week, but it's certainly a damn good feeling. And I love the feeling of a nice Thursday afternoon. So awesome. that's what I got for you. That's a good one. I like that. I uh, I enjoy Fridays more just because you, it, the feeling that it's over, but, but Thursday, yeah. Thursday's pretty close. Yeah, exactly. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Uh, for mine, I think I'm going to go with today. I had the day off, which was nice. Uh, midweek, really weird. Like we just have today off and then we go back to work Thursday, Friday. But I'll say we, we I hate waking up early, but we play golf. We had a 7.15 tee time and we were done by about, I'd say 9.45, 10. So we played a little two hour and 45 minute, three hour round and got some lunch after or what I thought was lunch but then I looked at my clock and when I left the golf course it was only 10:51 which was delightful to have the rest of the day uh, Oh my gosh. You know kind of to myself at your disposal. Yeah. yeah, and I had already eaten what I thought was a lunch which could have been described as breakfast. Um it's basically like you feel like when you're in your little moment there like you lived a full day and then you look up you kind of take a step back and you're like oh my gosh. I have basically an entire day. Like some folks are just waking up and starting their day. And you feel like you just lived through five days with everything you've done. Yeah. So I, I agree. Having that chunk of time, like the rest of the day, is also a fantastic feeling. I think I think it's the feeling of accomplishment at the, those early hours. Like you're saying, if you woke up at 6, you did some work, and you roll around, it's 11 o'clock, and, and you know, the Jason Ladoffs still got an hour of sleep to go. And... <laughs> You're thinking, you know, man, this was a, a good start to the day so far. 100%. I'll, I'll take that. Honorable mentions for you? Um, You know what? None that really come to me. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just in a very negative state today. Okay. Uh, having some trouble getting the loves out, but any, I, I don't know. I'll pass it back to you, I guess. Ooh, I, I definitely had some this week, but I, I seem to have forgotten them. Uh, one of them definitely relates to you we mentioned it already in the podcast about moving out and living on your own i was dog sitting this past week which dog sitting could be another love of the week because i personally don't think i could handle or want having a dog for extended amounts of time just because they they suck up so much of your day like you you wouldn't want to own a dog correct it's like a pool or a boat in my opinion yeah i would i would kind of put those in the same category yeah, uh, I love having a dog, but it seems like your reasoning is similar to those who have friends or family who own pools or boats. If 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 you're going that yeah. route, I think you are. Definitely, it's it just like I had to schedule my day, even the work days of like, okay, I got to go home, I got to bring the dog out, yeah, take him for a walk. He's got to lose some energy, or else he's gonna be nuts tonight. Maybe rip up the carpets, bite oh, the walls, Jesus. you know, bite the walls, that sort of stuff, poop in the house, whatever. Uh, but 
being at somebody else's house for a two-week period of, of time and then coming back to my own place and having like what feels like a vast amount of free time again it's that's my love of the week it's just i guess the, i like that kind of the illusion that i created for myself of a real busy two weeks and then <laughs> coming back to self-illusion yeah yeah okay okay i can get on board with that i think i can see that yeah i like that one all right um let's get into stock talk let's <laughs> Sorry, I was hacking up along there on mute. Um, yeah, so I know we were kind of talking offline a little bit. I can sort of kick us off if you'd like me to. I had probably, I would say between 13 and 16 um, different you know, companies that I had purchased shares of over really the past, what now? I mean, since June, so good chunk of time there. Five months, yeah. Five months or so. Um, I've trimmed the fat down to, I think I counted Kurt before about eight or nine. So we've, we've started to make some transactions. We'd started to light a little fire under our tushy and, uh, make some decisions. And, uh, it's been an interesting time to say the least. I think, I think volatile would be the right word. Absolutely. Over the last week, two weeks. And, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job of, as you say, just holding steady no rash decisions, let things kind of work themselves out. And here we are. And again, another, you know, I wouldn't say record day, but certainly a, a high in my book. I think I'm up about just under $17, which puts me at about, you know, just under 6% uh, increase just overall for the day. So uh, certainly made up pretty good, pretty well myself. I know I'm on a little bit of a smaller scale, but I think I would hope, I guess, directionally that you saw the same. Absolutely. Monday was a pretty big day. You know, we were down, I'd say, all of last week, kind of. And then towards the end of the week, it started to pick up with the election kind of getting settled. And Monday was a really good day. Uh, yesterday was actually bad. I lost a, a pretty good chunk of what I gained Monday. And then today was practically double of Monday. This was the best day, yep. single day I've had while in the stock market back since, you know, Mayish, Mayish timeline, something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but we abide by the three to five year investing rule. It's good you're trimming the fat and, and picking the good companies, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, it's not particularly my, uh, you know, slogan. My slogan is the hold steady because I like the steady GIF uh, with the what is it? The Star Wars characters, and he's telling his his people. Yeah, he's like looking behind him, like steady. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I abide by the Motley Fool three to five year investing strategy, so it, we can't panic during the volatile times because we got to ride it high, like we did today. Exactly. Hey, I I have to say though, Moderna may be back. I did you really want to say that out loud? Are you going to regret that? I don't think so, Drew. I mean, if they come out. With positive news on the vaccine, which it's trending that way. They use the same type of mRNA uh, vaccination-like process that Pfizer did. Yep. So from what I've read, there's a high likelihood. Things look promising. Yes, things do look promising. They come out with okay. a, anything similar to what Pfizer has, and we could see another big bump. They're up $14 in the past since Monday um, that the news was released on Pfizer. So. 
They're almost yep. getting what's what's crazy is the amount of money I lost, obviously, diving headfirst into the stock market on them. Yeah. Yeah. But we're almost getting to the point of breaking even, which is boy, would that be on a them. And, and, you know, the breaking even on them means we actually make the gains that we're doing on the rest of the stocks. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's just on a different level. It's a different tier right now. Yeah. Compared to the rest. That is that is promising. I'm I, fingers and toes and arms crossed for you there. No doubt about that. So we missed out on Bitcoin. I, I think you were in the chat at the point, but it was around nine thousand out probably in like July ish, I would say, maybe July, August. Mm-hmm. It, it went down a bit and we were I was discussing with the group, hey, we should all like throw in two grand and buy a whole Bitcoin. Oh my gosh. And I don't that, think I w- they're up. I'm not sure. They're up six thousand dollars since then. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. So we we could have like I mean realistically we could have all bought our like fractional shares or whatever, but they are up to about it was like fifteen thousand five hundred eighty five was the last stock price I saw for them and they oh my god moonshot in. I uh, I don't know. You know what? I think you got me on the wrong time. I think if you if you brought that to me now, I may consider it. But again, that was early on when I was a scared, timid boy, when I don't think I would have made such uh, such decisions. Yeah, you're getting there. You're you're starting to pour a little bit more. I'm money starting to into open it. up a little bit. Yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit more adventurous, um, which is a good thing. So yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, we'll move on from stock talk now into Masters Week. Uh, let's talk my favorite week of the year. This year it was delayed until w- yep. what will be November 13th or it'll start tomorrow, November 12th. Really? Yes. So Look at thir- me, not even knowing. Thursday through Sunday, you, the U.S. Open defending champ pick coming into this week. So you got a lot of, a lot of weight on your shoulders with your picks. A lot of people listening probably. Jesus Christ. Um, with that, let's t- let's discuss. Let's go through. Okay. All right. Let's say top five picks. If you want to pull up, you know the the favorite odds on your phone. I can talk through who I like. I, I'm gonna do that right now. If you, in the meantime, if you want to start talking about yours. Yeah, absolutely. So to start off, uh, you took him in the U.S. Open. He won the U.S. Open in dominating fashion, Bryson. I don't see how you can leave him off any list this week. Uh, when you're picking players. And I know a lot of people do uh, tiers, so you only get one or two players in the top tier. JT playing fantastic all year. Uh, I still can't get myself to pick JT over Bryson just based off the length advantage and the fact that Bryson's probably putting the best on tour out of Mm -hmm. the entire field. So he's my number one. I'll try to separate it here uh, into like, some other tiers so that's my number one tier Um, and before you go on i do have something to say about the putting that you just brought up yeah wouldn't you think from a from the blind eyes that i have somebody of that stature it almost reminds me of do you remember john when johnny gomes was on the red sox yeah when he couldn't even swing the bat around his body because he was so absolutely yoked yep that's i sort of relate that to bryson's putting where i feel like I feel like you need to be more flexible and steady with your putting and less just absolutely jacked. 
So it's kind of funny to me when you say that he's putting a lot better than some people. I, I, from my blind eyes, I would have figured that might be his downfall just based on stature and body type. Yeah. His downfall is actually statistically, it's been like his wedge game around the greens. Uh, but he kind of proved that wrong in the U S open because he was pretty good. It's also weird because he's hitting a lot of these like very difficult up and downs mm-hmm. around the green for Eagle when other people, you know, are tripping for birdie because he's yeah. driven it all the way up there. He's just out, yeah, out driving So he's given himself a lot of birdie opportunities from maybe the 15 to 20 foot range because it was a very difficult chip shot, which doesn't reflect in your scrambling stats. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's doing a little bit better than what they say. But that is definitely a concern, especially around Augusta with tight cut everywhere around the greens. Um, the thinnest blades of grass you've probably ever seen in your life. So Yeah, I mean, before you before you go, when I, I know we haven't slandered the PGA to a video game in a while, but yeah. that was the first course that I played on the video game. And boy, oh boy, did it make me want to put my controller through the wall. Like, I'm hitting absolute dimes on the green cut, and they're just... It's like I'm at water country. They're just, just flowing right off like a hundred, <laughs> hundred, like hundred yards, like just getting launched off. It was like a trampoline. It was just, it was insane. Yeah, and to go off that, to slander that PGA Tour game, the fact they couldn't get Augusta <laughs> to sign off and say like that's Augusta National, and they have I know to call what did it they call Firethorn yeah. Firethorn Golf Course? Come on, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. what yeah. a joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, going down into the next tier. Uh, Matthew Wolf is in tier two for a lot of groups that I've seen. And he is, it's his first Masters. People hate to take guys who have never played at Augusta before. Mostly because it's, you know, a local knowledge thing. And for some reason, the stats have reflected that first timers haven't done well. But with that said, Matthew Wolf has a two top fives. I think he's got a T4 and a T2 in the two major championships he's played this year, and they were also his first major championships as a professional. Uh, I I believe he's played in the U.S. Open before as an amateur, but I could be wrong. So with that said, I like Matthew Wolf as my Tier 2 guy. Uh, Tier 3, moving on. This is where you got Tiger might be in this one or Tier 2. It depends. I wouldn't take him over at anybody in those groups because you have the likes of Justin Rose and hot guys like Jason Kokrak. So Jason Kokrak is going to be actually be my pick. What Um, a name. First off, his, what a last name. What's funny is he has a deal with like, it's some type of poker stars (laughs) website or like, like casino. And he has these commercials where he's like playing poker with shades on. And he's like, and I'm all in. So <laughs> one of the golf podcasts, every time they mention Jason Kokrak, they say uh, all in Jason Kokrak. <laughs> oh, my God. But he hits the high draw, which at Augusta off the tee is the shot you want. Most of the holes go right to left, or you can play it right to left. And he's been hot lately. I believe, I don't think he won one of the events the other week, but he came in second. He was up there all all week long. So... As we're getting towards the back of the crew, you might hear some names that you've never heard before. <laughs> oh, and I, I can't forget to mention Bubba Watson is in our tier one, but he, he I've seen him up to like tier four in other pools. 
if you get Bubba Watson in anything past a tier one, I would absolutely take him. Been trending the right direction. If you look at his strokes gained and all his stats, they're incredible. They're all top 10 on tour other than his putting. His putting is his downfall, but he's won at Augusta twice in 2012 and 2014. He hits the big right-to-left power slice, which has now won lefties, Mike Weir in 03, Mickelson in 04, 06, and 10, and Bubba in 12 and 14. So what's that? Three, four, five, six. Six of six in the last 20 years have been lefties, and there's not that many lefties on tour. Mm-hmm. So that's, I like Bubba. And then for, you know, bottom tier guys, I like Adam Hadwin or Corey Connors, the two Canadians. They seem to play... Well, Adam Hadwin has played decent around Augusta already. Uh, and Corey Connors, I like to call him Mr. Thursday Friday. He gets off to pretty hot starts and can't seemingly close on the weekends. But if you're looking for a guy to make the cut, I think those two are you know, pretty mm-hmm. great odds to do that. Those are my picks, I'd say. Uh, kind of reflects the my pool that I've been doing. Other guys, you know, the top guys, Adam Scott, Jason Day is actually one of my other picks. He's in tier three. He's he's played great around Augusta before. He's played pretty pretty well all year long. Uh, but like Xander, JT, obviously great picks. Gonna have a chance to win. Patrick Cantlay just won the other week. I I have to. I hate to say it, but I have to fade Phil this week. I know he plays. He's won it three times. No matter what, he seems to play pretty good around Augusta, no matter the form coming in. I've never seen him play worse on the PGA Tour in the past, like, two months, I'd say. He's won two senior events, too. Like, he's went to the senior tour and won them. But it doesn't translate Mm -hmm. to the tour right now. I don't get it. Jordan Spieth, does he have a chance to win? Probably not. Hasn't played well enough in the past two years, let alone just this year. But I'd love to see that story come along. Exactly. He's been struggling for all this time. It's his favorite golf course in the world. His results here go up against anybody's. Uh, so good luck to Jordan. I hope to, you know, be nervously watching on a, a Saturday and Sunday and Jordan Spieth is in contention because there's no better TV than whether <laughs> – and it'll kill me if he if he falls apart like he did back when Danny Willett won and hit it in the creek and made a, I believe it was a seven on the par three or something like that to end up losing. But there's no better TV and drama than watching a guy who doesn't know where his golf ball is going to go on a certain swing. Yeah, that's uh, we've talked about that before. It sounds pretty familiar. That type of mindset. Um, now, as everybody no, I knows, I don't have the, you. You can't say, as everybody something? knows, you don't have a lot of golf expertise. You're the defending U.S. Open champion. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, um, you got to ride. You got to ride. So I'm going to pick him again. I have to. It's the easy pick. Yep. So he's number one, the big boy, Bryson. And now I'm just going off of familiarity yep. and odds for my next four. I'm going to go with my next pick will be either pro- – I'm, I'm okay, between Rory like and Xander Shoffley. I'm going to go with – Rory, okay. Uh, so you are off your Rory top Rory is my number two. Number Xander. two. Um, it's, you got Rory and Bryson. Let's move down okay. to like – Okay, so my next pick odds, is going to uh, be – Plus 3,000. 
So after Patrick Cantlay, yeah, move move it down. 30s? It'll be like Jason Day. So I'm gonna go with this. I, I the one. Yep. I've watched one hole of golf probably in 2020, and it was uh, Colin Morikawa. Okay. I don't know if the if the stage will be too big for him, Second but the odds are guy. good. So he's like kind of my um, what do you call it? Second tier guy, but there's another word that I'm looking for. Maybe my dark horse. I, mean, I don't know. I like, think he's like top ten I don't know in the world ranking, so I don't think you could call him a dark horse necessarily. <laughs> but based off the odds, <laughs> but he's won a major. What do you mean based off based the off stage? The he won the freaking PGA Championship earlier three. this year. I know, but I feel like this is. I don't know. I, the way in my head things are, they're not really aligned. And then number four, I'm. Ugh. I don't know if I'm allowed to pick him, but I'm going to pick okay. Tiger Woods. It's a bad pick. I'm going to. I'm going to warn you. It's a bad pick. It's Tiger Woods. Him and Phil this year, I I wouldn't That's touch fine. him with the yards. That's totally fine. And then I just saw this guy. Um. Out of out of left field, my last pick is going to be. My voice just cracked. Let's hear it. I feel like you're gonna laugh if I say like, <laughs> like um, is yeah. it okay yeah, to put my fifth guy as like Henrik yeah. Stenson? All is right. that fair? Okay, that's my fifth pick. I think those are those are household name yeah. guys. I think that's a pretty diverse slate. So that so that's my official five predictions. If you're looking for betting advice, take, just go uh, off of everything well, that I don't We'll say. do a little low amateur contest. Uh, if you can see, the amateurs probably have an asterisk on the CBS website that you have. But I'm going to take Lucas Michelle or Michael. I don't know how you say his last okay. name. But he's going to be my low amateur this week. Uh, who do you have? Lucas Michelle. Okay. I'm yep. going to go with – this name is incredible, so okay. I'm going to pick him. Abel Gallegos. 1,000 to 1 odds is my is yeah, my I mean, real can, dark horse. You could amateur. take him for a hundred plus 150,000 on DraftKings right now, it says. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that'll Maybe wrap up I our will. Masters talk. It'll be on Thursday through fi- Friday. I believe CBS has the coverage uh, pretty much all week. And watch out for the tropical storm that's rolling through here. Might might affect the tournament it might be a little rainy might be a little windy oh, even. so we'll see how that turns out but let's move on now to the nfl let's try to do this little headline edition in like five to seven minutes what do you got for headlines this week headlines this week uh dalvin cook continues to cook number one he is for the last two to three weeks now, just basically the Vikings entire offense. They have a pretty soft defensive uh, schedule down the stretch. So I expect him to just continue to get fed um, here for this playoff race that they're in towards the latter half of the season. Uh, number two, I'm just thinking top of my head, the Patriots just suck at losing. That's my second headline. Um People were arguing that this is a good Jets team. This is probably the worst Jets team I've ever seen. Just on paper, they have literally no – they have nothing. It's And that just goes to show how bad the Patriots really are. Um, although I already made the mistake of convincing myself that they have a real chance in prime time against the Ravens this week. 
miserable, miserable, miserable Pats Jets game, but the Pats got the win. And I know I'm, I've been uh, on record as to say that I hope they just tank at this point, but when I'm in the moment, I just couldn't help myself. Like I watching Nick folk bury the 50 plus yarder. I was hyped for him and the guys. So good win for the Pats. What else? Um, oh, Hold Big on. Ben. Classic Big Ben game. I believe it was against Dallas, who actually kept it pretty close for most of the first half. Big Ben had a phantom knee injury, hobbles into the tunnel with as time expires going into the third quarter, and then miraculously comes out fine at the start of the third quarter and just starts throwing dimes. And So that's just classic Big Ben. He probably walked out of there with a boot. You know how he is. He's He's the triumphant, you know, it's like the wheelchair Paul Pierce thing. So um, that's my Big Ben headline. Any others? Any other noteworthy ones? Go Let ahead, me take I'll a quick peek at the scoreboard uh, this week, actually. So hold on. Seattle's D stinks. We've, we've known this. We we knew this was the case. Uh, we did Historically bad. We both Thanks ranked them a little me. higher probably than they should have been. And we kind they kind of got exposed this week. You know what? We did actually. It, yeah. it would be funny if they we were, revisited those I rankings. I think those that we were just a little high. I think they're probably a you know five went down. ten team because that defense just can't stop a nosebleed. Next uh, headline: Tampa Bay fraudulent question mark. Uh, their defense also knew, yes, hyped take up. us away. Now Seattle's defense isn't hyped up at all, but Tampa's D is hyped up as being a good defense. That went and showed me that Tampa's defense is. The same as yeah. it has been for years on years where, yeah, maybe they can stop the run with like a decent front line. And when you give the opposing QB a little time, like Drew Brees' line did a great job and gave him time in the pocket, you will absolutely dice up that secondary because mm-hmm. it stinks. And that's going without saying oh, how bad the terrible. offense played. Yeah, I mean, that was that defense probably gassed within the first half because they were always out on the field. But. I think that was the big takeaway yeah. for me because that, that offense is going to – it's streaky. It's what we've seen the first, what, eight, nine weeks now. It's Some weeks it unsto- looks unstoppable. Other weeks they look pedestrian. Yeah, I feel like from what I've seen with Tampa, they they don't really come out too hot with their foot on the gas. They have to end up playing catch-up in the third and fourth quarter. But regardless, I was really hoping for a better game all the way around. I mean – and it's kind of funny because it's almost like they're trading places. I yep. think early on in the year, the Saints had a pretty bad loss in primetime on the road against the Raiders. And they didn't, you know, Michael Thomas was getting in fights and Drew Brees just looked like, you know, age had caught up to him. But it almost looks like the roles are reversed. That offense, they got Michael Thomas back. Their defense looks healthy. They put an absolute ass whooping on the box. And it, it looked, they, if, the, if the, I'll put it this way here's my headline in that game. If the Saints defense plays between 75 and 100% of the way that they played on that in that game, they will win the uh, I'm sorry, what I, series. I think they just they'll win the Super Bowl. Too. It seems like Tampa can't get anything going offensively in both the games that they've played against them. Uh, so in that New Orleans D, for some reason, is haunting that Bucks yeah. offense. Week one, and, and then we, and they can do whatever yeah. they want on offense. Uh, my next headline, though, Buffalo. What a massive win that they had uh, in a shootout. It was over. Was it over, Casey? Yeah. Seahawks. Sorry. That's who it was. No, the, the Bills beat the Seahawks. Josh Allen put up four. No, 
Josh Allen, I think, yep. at four. You would know. You have him in fantasy. Four or five did. 40, total 40, TDs. Was the and they final. put up a 40-burger on the Seahawks. Like, it, I think it was – I think – I was watching Red Zone. I think it was first or second play of the game. They ran a streak with John Brown or somebody and hit a guy. Like, it, it, it was like no – there was no defense, no secondary. It was just – it was surgical for – a guy like Josh Allen, who but you I will probably wouldn't that describe as that. It was a huge win for career, them because so. they had struggled the yeah. three weeks coming into that, barely sneaking it out against bad teams. And that offense was mightily struggling. So maybe that was the game they yeah. needed to see uh, to go out, out there and put up a little 40-burger on Seattle and, and get some confidence back. By far the favorites in the division now at 7-2. and two. Miami's at, what, 5-3? and three. So they're breathing down the neck a little if they can win their little divisional game. Miami's pretty good. Uh, remember yep. Miami? Yeah, yeah. It, the end of season last year. My next was incredible. Remember Miami? Yeah. So if they can close, yeah, I like think they that, were what seven and one or six and one. The, you know, something like in that. Contention, if not win that division, if yeah. not win the division, get a wild card and get a playoff berth. I mean, that would be insane from where people expected them to be. Uh, I know there are really no moral victories in the NFL, but I gotta give. Teddy B and Carolina credit, they play yeah. their absolute balls off every week. It doesn't matter who they play. They're going to literally scratch and claw and do whatever they have to do. And they'll yep. be in contention every week. They lost to the Chiefs by two. And the, nobody should have even given them a chance anybody. in that game, that really. On the road, I think good. it was. Um, they can. It's very versatile. They got C-Mac back. It looks like he's banged up, but... I got to give credit to Teddy B and that offense because they look. Yeah, um, that's the unfortunate part. Unfortunately, no that division is loaded, playoffs, but, I, but you know, they if are, we're talking. They are like what I see as the Raiders. They're, I no. think they're a little better than the Raiders, but they can go out and beat any team in the NFL. Yeah. What, what were we talking about? I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. They're, they're, those two teams are sort of in the tier. I would almost put the Patriots in that tier at this point. And yeah, I know you probably didn't expect that out of me, but. They're going to beat teams that are worse than them, but they're not going to beat teams but that are better. I think Carolina they're going to beat teams that are to equal to or like lesser than to them based on skill. those type of teams. I don't think I put the Patriots in that category, Drew. I don't think they can yeah. go out and beat good teams. I then I wouldn't put the Raiders in that category though cuz I think the Patriots are a better football team than the Raiders. Maybe maybe not early on. Maybe now that Raiders are better, but at least early on yeah, we saw but that they we were handled coming them off a big well, win. So as well versus the it was after the saints game and we then we played them the following you week know in Foxborough. Hey. i just i offensively i cannot see the patriots going out and competing with a good team no and you'll find that out in prime time against the ravens this coming week and speaking of the raiders again they played the chargers this week and if you want to talk about a team that is as average as they come the chargers are one of them I love the Chargers. I love their uniforms. I love Justin Herbert. I love Keenan Allen. They thought they got rid of Phil Rivers and they could maybe lose that like losing spirit yeah. in them where every time you get a chance in the fourth quarter to go win a game, it Mm-mm. just goes completely no. awry. They still got it. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Dude, they literally lose by at or below seven points every week. It is the most gut-wrenching, miserable, like – thing i've ever witnessed yeah. so i just my prayers go out to I, to all those fans any more games oh 
Dolphins, I guess, in Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals that was actually sneaky, a good They're game. They're not going to make the playoffs because um, of their division, but they can go out and offensively beat anybody. No, I would agree. Yeah, that, I like that. I like that. And any more that are sneaking by me. Is there a worse matchup than Texans-Jaguars? I love Deshaun Let's Watson, give, but that is putrid. We'll wrap it up here. Giants, Redskins. We'll best team in the NFL. I'm going to say by far and away right now, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether you like it or not. I, they got one of the best defenses in the league, and they have the capabilities on offense to put up big points. I am best team in the NFL overall. I'm still going to go with Kansas City. I know they're inconsistent, but I think they have the best quarterback in the NFL. And I just think, I don't know what it is about them. I think in crunch time, they're going to make, like, it could be third and 25, and they're not out of it. They're not going to run a draw. Somebody's going to get open. I still think they just have the it factor that not a lot of teams have. They have speed that will kill you, and I'm not going to pick Kansas City. If Patrick Mahomes is okay. the quarterback and Sounds they good. stay relatively well, healthy, I'm going to pick Kansas City. That'll wrap up a sports week. segment here. Let's get into uh, Drew's dad joke this week. Let's. It's brought to you by Gloucester Gear, and i got to be honest, I don't even know if Gloucester Gear is a active organization <laughs> at this point, but we're going to continue to plug them until otherwise noted. Um this is a pretty good one. So here goes nothing. Why did the picture go to jail? It was Frank. Did... That's the first one. I'm all oh, over it. Yeah. <laughs> one in a million. Confetti. Pop Fireworks. some champagne. Oh, my God. That was quick, too. Holy shit. No, that was I a quick intellectually. Trigger. Did you, I did think you I'm know that one, or did you intellectually just, you did it just come to you? You connected jail, it. And I thought, what's around the picture, the frame, and that fit? Ding, ding, ding. Frame. Wow. Bravo to you. That's I, I great. That was quick. That was quick all the new so I got to give you credit Yes to the podcast. That was a breakthrough. And just expect the same every week that, that just happened, and you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Oh, frauds. Man. We got we to gotta toss in our frauds. I got a big-time fraud. Uh, I did oh, mention you have a Tampa's big time defense fraud. as the frauds. You could throw Seattle's in there as well. Okay, that's a yeah. Both of, well, I, I don't. I think Seattle's just plain bad. I, I okay. think Jamal Adams is all they have. So those Tampa are like Bay definitely mentions. fraudulent. The biggest Seattle fraud just putrid. Here this week, it's not just a single person. It's an entire entity. It's an organization. It is the Dallas Cowboys, quote unquote, America's team. Jerry Jones running this ship aground. They said this week that Mike McCarthy, no matter what, will be back next year. He oh, could God. lose out, not win a game the rest of the season, and he's going to be back next year. That's insane to me, Drew. To start off, first of all, yeah, he so, lost his you know, number one quarterback, and they don't have a viable candidate for a backup. Okay. Let's now look back when they had they that don't. number one quarterback. They were still pitiful. That defense was atrocious it still yeah. is atrocious they were still How can bad you bring that guy back after the start on that like sample size that you had and and have any hope for the future you had Dak. you had a every single offensive weapon you know that you, you could ask for that was healthy in those first couple of games healthy yeah and you're still yep. giving him the shot like he's not even doesn't have to prove to you that hey, he can go out there with the B team and win a game based off you know good schemes, good coaching, and taking advantage of the few talented guys you, you have that aren't injured. Yeah. And, and to your point, let me just jump in. 
when I think back to all those really good Packers uh, years, I don't think they ever had really good defenses either. I think it was just Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Jordy. I think it was just those guys just oh, putting the team on their no, back. No, it was week, awful. I never remember them having a defense that was yeah, like, Rick, you know, you know winning buddy, games Rick, for them Rick the umpire, or coming up with uh, a big play. The, the previous listeners has been lamenting the Packers yep. D as I have for you know a decade now, probably plus. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers can go and win you the game at the end of the games uh, based off his talent and ability on offense. But he was having to do it every single week because that defense was yeah. so bad. And if there was any time on the clock, they weren't going to stop anybody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that kind of brings me back to I don't think like that's something that's not going to change. But offensively, even it's not like they were averaging like 25 to 30 points a game. They were like. I, yeah. I don't even. I think they were struggling to even move the ball. I don't, I don't really know what the issue is because they have one of the best offensive lines in football. I think Dak Prescott, when he's healthy, is. I mean, we're seeing it right yeah. now. Is at least a top ten quarterback. Like, there's no one else better than him right now that is gonna, that is gonna play, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And their defense is, on paper, their linebacking yeah, they were core. There's two of the be best linebackers in the NFL. Vander Ash and Jalen Smith. An absolute so. dumpster fire. But to go off your point, I think they put up like the garbage points at the end of those games because you have to think back on the games against I believe it was the Browns game where they're completely out of it like, like the yeah, Browns you can game, say they came back and game. won a couple of games blah 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 you're getting down you know 20-30 points and then that defense is completely changing how they play against you to which I don't like but they're trying to play exactly. you know the let's kill as much time as possible let them give up yardage exactly yeah. two safeties 45 yards so. off the line of scrimmage just nothing everything underneath yeah so so Jerry they're, yeah they're my fraud to, I, to make so it I, I said this a couple weeks on the pod I don't I don't agree with it Kurt but I I knew I think as soon as Dak went down with the season on an injury that McCarthy was probably doing a little fist bump in his office and I think unfortunately enough I think he his season was saved knowing okay I got really nothing at the quarterback position so it's definitely unfortunate, but um, yeah, he's yep. done really nothing with that team even to begin with. So, you got any fraud? We'll see what happens next year, I guess. Oh. I mean, Jerry Jones is just a horrible guy, anyways. Like, he's just not even like a good guy. He's cheesy as hell, and they're not America's team. They are like, first off, they're never competitive, really. I mean, they had a couple years, what three to five years ago, when they were decent, and people were like, oh, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. No. First, I think it might have been Dak's first year, but outside of that, they've really never been competitive. They're just—I don't know—they're like the the knockoff America's team. Like they're not. Yeah, their record. Their record nothing shows to be that proud even of, like Romo had the best years point, with them so far, uh, as far as like deeper playoff runs, and they always, in the end, yeah. came down to the wire and you know kind of gagged it up, but. Like you mm -hmm. said, there's no track record of showing your America's team other than their like 1990 freaking Super Bowl that they had. Yeah, and I guess I would I would close it out by by pondering this: Who is America's team at this point in time? Because yep. the Patriots, I believe, were for the last 20 years. Um, I Seattle. I would consider America's would say... team to be the team that you see on prime time most. In terms of you know national global following, honestly, I'd say Seattle just, just because the amount consistently of consistently they've given us on TV and like everybody is tuning in to a Seattle game, whether you hate them or love them. 
I would say Seattle is probably that yeah. team. Yeah. Who else? Saints and, and Green Bay, maybe they're always yeah. know, up there. Uh, just an, I was gonna say Saints have been like consistently no. good. Kansas City hasn't really earned it yet, I don't think. Uh Green Bay, I don't know if they're, they're competitive like they I don't know. Something about Green Bay just doesn't really I know Rick Leon. Rick the Empire is rolling around in his bed. They've right been now, up there though, like their NFC, you know, I, yeah, probably NFC Seahawks championship right now. game level, yeah. whereas yeah. Dallas has not been. No, yeah, I would agree. I'd probably go with the Seahawks. They're a fun and exciting team to watch too. Like the average Joe yeah. can just flip it on, and they're going to be like, holy I would shit, say, like watching like, Russell Wilson. So based, yeah, not probably off the Seahawks, football, like but that, as America's love for a team, Buffalo is probably the number one for just rooting for a team. Yeah. I would agree. Just the the Bills mafia and like, I feel like Bills fans from I have never been to uh, Orchard Park, but from what I expe- from what I hear, it's like there's no real hatred. It's just like all very friendly. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to really describe it. Like, there's it, it no real rivalries or hatred there. They're just kind of doofuses and they just want to party and watch football and and they, they're just they fun loving people. Their, so their you got to yeah, I think Buffalo is probably up there. Probably who come down and watch a few games. Yeah, it's like the it's the upstate New York. That's Yorkers actually a good versus, point. I you know, think the D bag Long Island folks. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say well, you got the opposite well, end of the we'll spectrum wrap it up on here. the other side. Uh, looking funny. at about fifty minutes on the clock for the pod this week. Quote of the week, Kurt's quote of the week. I think I've mentioned the the Lou Gehrig Take ALS speech at Yankee Stadium. I believe I'm the luckiest man in the world. One, but it rang it rang a bell this week, and I don't have an exact quote for you, but I was you watching did, yeah. Dave Letterman's netflix series that he has going which is just interviewing like famous figures in the world practically he had i watched the one with barack obama and barack obama Mm -hmm. at the end of it said you know i just want to say one thing i consider myself you know like a hard worker and i've had all this variety of success like throughout my life build up to where he is now but he said i've never once thought to myself egotistically speaking like that you know yeah i this this all happened because of me he goes i consider myself you know one of the luckiest guys in the world it's not because i didn't work hard or i didn't you know have all these different opportunities blah 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 he's like but every step in the way I got good breaks based off the hard work or I got this fantastic opportunity along the journey. Yeah. Not just really cool. not overall. One of the best late night guys who's ever done it, did it for decades upon decades said the same thing. And he goes, there's just some people in the world. And I think, you know, we see it in sports figures that we've watched and people on TV who we don't particularly like is it seems like they don't have that sense of, you know, gratitude for how lucky they have been. And it's more of, uh, you know, I earned this and I worked Definitely. my way all the way to here, blah, blah, blah. It's like at some point in the road, no matter what you do, I, you caught a break. Caught a break, yeah. Exactly. It's like they say a, a yes. bad day of golf yes, is a, so. is beats a, a good day in the office. Any no day. matter what, we're all pretty lucky. Well, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. With that, we'll end TWBLC with our guy, Pat Goss, playing us out. What's for lunch?
Lunch Crew.